0: How concerned should the Dallas Cowboys be about Dak Prescott's turnovers? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your team every day. Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores right now. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in the game. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCool BCB Landon, what's going on, sir?
1: Not much. I'm excited to be here. I just got finished watching a bunch of uh, eight-year-olds sing uh, White Christmas, and a Christmas uh, recital, so uh, that obviously uh, precedes a, a bunch of football talk, so I'm yeah. excited to, to talk Cowboys.
0: By the way, those are the absolute best. I went to, to my best. first one this year. It's It was so good. Too and cute. Just too cute. Yeah. All right. Let's get to your guys' Twitter questions. We've got a lot of them today, and a lot of people are worried about Dak Prescott and his turnovers. This question comes from Ben. What more can Dak Prescott and the Cowboys do to ensure he doesn't turn the ball over moving forward?
1: I mean, it's just, that's just not a real, realistic possibility. I, I mean, just don't the, think the, you worry about it, right? Yeah. I honestly, I think people are, are really overreacting to this because, uh, you know, even with all the turnovers that the efficiency that, that Dak is playing with is incredibly high. Um, you, you live and die with the turnovers if you want to have a, a high scoring o- uh, offense. I, I just think that that's part of it. Uh, I look, I mean, I think that there are certainly, uh, I, I would like to see the, uh, non-turnover worthy play turnovers stop you know i think that someone posted about how pff has a as a as a stat called non-turnover worthy plays basically Mm -hmm. where the quarterback uh, caused an interception but it was determined that it was not due to uh you know bad decision or bad throw and Dak currently is tied for the very lead i think with six if i'm not mistaken so that needs to kind of uh, uh, stop, whether that's just a matter of having the, the receivers catch the ball more or at least not volleyball setting the ball into the air for defenders. Uh, I think that needs to you know kind of slow down. But I'm, I'm honestly, I completely agree with Mike McCarthy and what they're talking about. I'm not taking my, taking Dak's foot off the gas. I'm just not as concerned about the turnovers. The, the timing of this last one obviously was incredibly terrible. Uh, but but I think it's more dangerous to take the foot off the gas and be starting to be worried about interceptions and not throwing into tight windows when you need to and not being aggressive when you need to than going the opposite way. Uh, so I, I would much rather stay aggressive and yes. you know, I'll take my lumps.
0: I mean, there's also just a lot of historical precedent to this that a lot of quarterbacks, even really good ones and Hall of Fame quarterbacks, will have a year where they have more turnovers than they're used to. Like, for example, Dak... Going into the season, he had a touchdown rate of 1.7, okay? If you just compare that to where every quarterback since he's been drafted is, it's fourth best in the NFL. And the only guys ahead of him were Rodgers, Brady, and Brees. The same rate as Mahomes, Russell Wilson, like Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. Like, he just doesn't turn the ball over. He's having one fluky-ish year. And we've seen Regression that, like, happens. Regression, yeah. you
1: know, it's like it, it, this is just what this is. And honestly, like just push through it. That's like you do with every other bit of regression.
0: And look at like somebody like Philip Rivers, right, who always had a really low interception rate. It was 2016. He, he had a 3.6% interception rate, which is similar to what Dak has now. The next year – has the best year of his career. Uh, Tony Romo had something similar happen in 2009, or 2008, had a bunch of interceptions. Then he has his best year of his career. If Dak was a quarterback that year in and year out had a lot of turnovers and now we're getting an excessive amount, I would be concerned. But I'm I'm just not. Like, it sucks. I, I hate that it's happening, and some of them feel forced, some of them aren't, but I'm just not that concerned about it. Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: I think it's one of those things where it's like the last bad thing that somebody saw in a football game is the reason that you lost when in reality you lose a football game for not doing, you know, hundreds of little things throughout a football game, you know? So, uh, yeah, I just think the interception uh, stuff is easy for media members to lob onto because, oh, interceptions are bad, obviously. Yeah, uh, But I think if you look at the larger trend of way Dak is playing – uh, I don't want to alter that. And, I, I mean, I, I, I want Dak to continue to play that way and with that level of aggressiveness. Uh, and I'm not tampering it down just to get, you know, a couple less interceptions if that means, yes. you know, not throwing two touchdowns that game. So I, I'm I'm much more – I'd much rather take the risk.
0: I want to remind people that there was uh, some conversations about this last year with Patrick Mahomes. He had a six-game stretch where he had nine interceptions. He threw an interception in every single game. And people were wondering whether – Mahomes needs to be more careful. If Andy Reid needs to rein Patrick Mahomes in, and you know what Andy Reid did, he did the opposite. He let him just throw the ball more. In the final nine games of the season, he averaged almost forty yards or forty attempts per game, and he threw three game or three interceptions in nine games. Like, let your star quarterbacks be star quarterbacks, man. Don't worry yeah. about it. Absolutely, absolutely,
1: and especially when again, don't punish him for for you know a bunch of. Uh, Non turnover worthy plays being interceptions. That's that's really that's that's really really bad process.
0: I don't. What would need to happen? Like how many straight games with two or three interceptions would Dak need to have before you really consider reigning him in? Reigning, I mean, I think. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, I gotta, get those. those, those.
1: <laughs> R- him in, I got it. Uh, I you know, I think, I think it's it's more about like. What, what I see. It's not just a, it's not like a number. I think at this point, it's more like, is he just throwing is he being reckless, in? right? Yeah. Like, and, and that's not necessarily the case. Like, I think he's, he's being aggressive. He's trying to throw people open. That's, that's going to incur some interception. Sometimes there's going to be miscommunications going to happen, but if Dak is like, you know, uh, struggling with what he's seeing or, or, is, you know, having problems processing, I, I I think it's something that you have to see on, film more than you could like see with a number because interceptions are not all not created equal you know like and I think this year proved that as well as any I mean look how many of these interceptions are clanking off of receivers hands right into deep deep to back's hands so uh, that's what I I think it's hard for me to put a number on the problem it's more about what you would see him doing
0: Right. And there's certain interceptions where, like, hey, if it's third and 15 and you're kind of just throwing a YOLO ball and it's intercepted, it, it's basically like a punt. That's, but that's different than throwing an interception on first down in the red zone, right? That's why be a little cautious of just the pure interception numbers going forward. Yeah. Uh, for all sure. right. Let's get some more questions, Landon. But before we do that, we want to let you know about our, our new partner, the Ultimate Football GM app. It's so much fun. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM, and managing your own f- football franchise, this app in game is definitely for you. You get to manage basically every single part of being a team. You get to hire the right coaches and coordinators, trade players, make draft picks, navigate free agency, make trades, do the draft. It's so much fun. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Again, it's so much fun. You can, you can draft your own players. You can scout. It's, it's, it's incredible. Locked on Cowboys listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That is locked on. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the App Store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. We also want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing, or releasing a new uh, set of football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you're going to be able to find an episode from The League, available as a bonus episode on Locked On NFL, narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rook. They also have this bonus episode called The Way of the Cowboys Land, which uh, I, I don't know if you know this, know this, but in 1977 – uh, the Cowboys brought in Bruce Lee to help with some like training stuff in the offseason. This is the Tom Landry thing. So they actually have they're... a whole podcast on it, which is wow. pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go check it out. They, they, it's just a really, really good podcast. Head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of the league or catch the full series wherever you get your podcast available now. Audible. Get in the game. All right, Landon, let's get to our next question. Uh, This one uh, is about Michael Gallup from Gunner. He wants to know, at what point do we start getting concerned about Michael Gallup's lack of production? Callum Moore stated that he needs to do a better job to to get him involved and allow him to make plays, but surely that isn't the only cause of his ineffectiveness.
1: Well, I I mean, he still is coming back from an ACL injury. I don't think he's 100% yet, but I also think that part of it is a... Uh, a, a scheme thing. I mean, just like a lack of targets, you know, or, or at least a different type of targeting than what we've seen from him previously. And again, it's hard to kind of put the, the cart before the horse or, or or figure out exactly what begat the other, what's the impetus of all this. But I, I do feel like they are severely targeting him less down the field than they have been previously. And there were times in the game, like, you know, that I saw where he had been able to find his way open and, he just wasn't part of the progression that Dak yeah. was looking into. So uh, I, I think it's tough when, you know, he only had one target, I think, or maybe the, from what I remember, just in the end zone on a broken play where he where Dak tries to throw it up to him kind of uh, almost in a YOLO ball situation. He almost came down with it too. Um, I, I just think, you know, I, I think it's easy to say that it's part of the ACL injury. I, I think that that is certainly a, an aspect of it. But I also see Gallup, you know, finding his way open sometimes, and, and Dak not going his way. So, and and just in general, not a ton of targeting his his way. So, uh, if I, I, you, know, I, you have every right to be concerned now about Michael Gallup's lack of, of production, uh, but I think that you know it's it's probably a little bit more of a mixture of of both of those things. Of of Gallup needing to you know kind of continue to gain some explosion back, uh, and also just kind of a lack of specific targeting
0: to him by the offensive coordinator we have a lot of questions from people wondering and we'll get to this about whether the Cowboys should rest starters and all that kind of stuff down the road and I can see an argument either way right like you want to be as healthy as you can going into round one of the playoffs but one of the reasons why you shouldn't rest starters is for exactly this connection and this duo right Dak and Gallup have just been off all year I think they need these last three games of the season to try to find some chemistry because mm. if Gallup and Dak just aren't on the same page going into round one of the playoffs, your offense is going to be significantly easier to defend. I, I would love to see like in the next three games, Gallup have 25 targets and really get going.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think that, you know, if we could talk about the idea of resting starters at some other point, but, but I, I do think that the idea of kind of continuing to keep your offense out there just to kind of maintain and continue to grow in, in a chemistry sense, and kind of especially now that you've added T. Y. Hilton into this, kind of figuring out the mixture there of how to use all these guys, I think that's important. I think more it's more on the defensive side that I would want to rest starters. I mean, I think you could you could easily give Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence a week off. If yeah, you those too. guys, I, I
0: get. Well, it, for it, sure, it have more depth on that side of the ball,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I, I but back to the original question, I, I do think it's important. Important that you know they continue to kind of work through this a little bit they still have some time mike is still i mean uh, uh mg still has some time to get healthy you know still continue to get healthy week to week so uh yeah i think there's still time to kind of continue to work on this a little bit and tinker with the chemistry and, and like i said adding in ty hilton is going to kind of disrupt that even further so maybe they'll they need to still kind of settle into uh uh, a, a good mixture that you know gets everybody the, the touches they need, and also kind of benefits the offense
0: overall by utilizing all their skills, not just you know C.D. Lamb's. Just like to see him make one or two big plays down the field. That's the one thing we haven't really seen from Gallup mm-hmm. at all. It's like has he made a reception of twenty-five plus yards yet this season?
1: I, no, I think he's made one catch of twenty-plus yards. Or, or actually, no, I don't think he's made any catches of twenty-twenty-plus yards. I think that they've only targeted him. Like if I if I remember correctly, like I think it was five times. So that's part of the issue, right? Is that like if you're gonna if you wanted to make big plays down the field, send him down the field. Yeah. And 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 you know and it's and and I and I will say this like this is not exclusively because he cannot get down the field. I I saw several snaps where he did run a nine route. I think it was a clearing route, and he got past his man without any problems. So. uh I think I think it's more just needing to target him there. Now I will say this: he has maintained a, a similar level of play in those kind of intermediate routes. He's still as effective as he yep. was that last year. I just think that they need to kind of get him some more opportunities down the field a little bit.
0: I get him some layup throws to start with, like not screens, because he's just. I, he used to be really good on screens. I just wondered now with the knee injury, like still not being a hundred percent healthy, if that's an issue. But like, get him some slants, get him some yeah. out routes, so just just to get him going and in a rhythm a little bit. That's the one thing I think Kellen Moore could do a better job of going forward. I agree. All right, we've got one more question, Landon. But before we do that, we want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Total Wine and More. This holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine and More. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single-barrel bourbon or the perfect gift for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and all with the confidence of knowing you found something for this, uh, something special for the absolute lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine and more. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most states. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. All right. Last question from Mark. He wants to know how badly is the interior defensive line missing Jonathan Hankins right now? And how is it affecting the linebackers without Leighton Van Esch?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, those two things combined are, are having a major effect, I would say, you know, on the second level in general, um, you know, they, they're missing Hankins. I think just because it gave you in combination with Carlos Watkins, uh, you know, a, a, almost a full game's worth of solid nose tackle play, right? I think that's where they're kind of struggling now. You're seeing Watkins having to play upwards of twenty to thirty snaps, and 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 I think that that's I think kind once of the, you get
0: past thirty, you get some diminishing returns there. Absolutely, and I Same think that that's Bohana.
1: why. Yeah, I think that I think that's why you needed a combination of Bohana, Watkins, and and, and Hankins to kind of uh, fill that role a little bit. Uh, I, I think you're seeing Gallimore really struggle in there. I mean, that's that's, that's the that's one thing the I will say. Right? Like he he really just has not developed. I mean, specifically in the sense of uh being able to do anything against a double team, like just being able to hold his ground against a double team. He just has no ability to do that. Uh, you seen him, you know, kind of when it comes to you know penetrating and getting his hands on the football or or making a play here or there. Uh, you see that with him, but that's not enough when you're getting. Pushed around in double teams consistently, you're not making up the uh, for the for the uh, ugly first you know early down plays that you're providing you're putting on tape. So, they they are definitely missing uh, Hankins a lot, and I think it's having an effect both on uh, their ability to stop plays at the at the line of scrimmage, and then like you like the questioner mentioned,
0: the ability to kind of keep offensive linemen off of the second level defenders. Yeah, Gallimore's been a big disappointment this year. Not only yeah. as a run defender, I was hoping to see more of a, of him as a pass rusher. He only has seven pressures this year and he's played yeah, a lot of a lot. snaps like Yeah. That's a need for the Cowboys going forward. It, oh yeah. Whether yeah. it's a run stopping defensive tackle or a pass rushing guy, they they just got to add more talent to that unit. And it's it's got to be frustrating considering the the amount of assets that they've used on that position to have to bring back Carlos Watkins and play him a bunch of snaps and go trade for Jonathan Hankins like their interior defensive line has a couple guys that you like but Outside of Osa, I don't know of anybody long-term you feel great about.
1: Yeah, I mean, defensive tackle is a difficult position to draft for, but it's made more difficult when you're trying to take flyers on you know middle and late-round yeah. guys over and over again. I'm not suggesting that they go out and get Jalen Carter. It's not like they have that <laughs> ability next year. But like it's time to start considering a higher level of, of player coming out of college at the position simply because – you've already wasted that many resources because you've
0: been trying to avoid this this whole time or, so or pay somebody in free agency more sure, than a yeah. million to right like actually yeah. prioritize that in free agency I,
1: I, yeah i mean i think it's time you know like you've got all these great defensive ends these pass rushers i mean even next year depending no matter what happens i think you're going to have a, a a good amount of defensive ends that you that you're going to feel comfortable with as pass oh, rushers yeah it's time yeah. to start prioritizing the defensive interior. Osa is not enough by himself, you know, and so and he and he. I think he's been playing really good football, but I mean, he's still a 287 pounds. You know, three technique. He's not going to be able to stop the double teams. You need another big guy who can go in there and, and, you know, do more than just take on double teams, but also make plays, you know, like that's what you had hoped a guy like Gallimore or Tristan Hill would have developed into, but neither of them have. It's time to make a, a larger investment here so you can get better returns. And, and this defense deserves it.
0: You interested in paying Deron Payne, like top five money.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe I, only I it just feels like, is that enough? Right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if
0: it's enough, but, man, that's a great start. If I can play Osa and Payne, and then maybe you bring back one of Jonathan Hankins or Carlos Watkins and you play more of Golston in there, I think that helps a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I think just getting one high-end defensive tackle through hook or through crook, it, it doesn't it matter to me. Solves a lot of the problems. That solves a lot of problems
0: in this defense, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree because it's just – That's the one spot that they either have to devote more resources like bodies to in the game to help try to stop the run. And I think that's the difference people have been asking me on Twitter. Like, what's the difference between the Cowboys' defense and the 49ers' defense? Because you look at the 49ers' secondary, and it's not better than Dallas. So how are Mm -hmm. they all of a sudden, you know, they're absolutely dominating, and the Cowboys are struggling. I think it's the interior guys, right? Like, when you have Eric Armstead... And I know Javon Kidlaw is not playing right now. But He's coming we- back
1: now, though. He's and, and you're going to see it some more. They're going to have even more depth in the defensive interior, which is going to really help them even further. Yeah, I do think that that you nailed it on the head. That I think that and and honestly, look at the timeline of when that defense started playing super great versus when they were just fine. It's when Armstead came back, right? Like that's that's kind of a line of demarcation. So yeah, I think having a player like that in the middle of your defense can really really change all the angles.
0: I 100% agree. I think that's got to be a spot that the Cowboys figure out this offseason. If they want to become – they're a good defense. I don't care what's happened the last couple weeks. They're still a good defense. But to be a consistently good defense week in and week out, that's what they need to do. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen to Locked On Sports Today podcast – Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes, gets the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. on Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All the same places that you download the On Cowboys podcast. Check us out over on YouTube. Follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time.